0: Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse, a podcast where we discuss horror in media, and today we're going to be discussing Blade and Blade 2. I'm Mitch. I'm mer And I'm Jonathan. So, I've been seeing Blade, or have watched Blade, often since I was a child. Same. It, it was a big action flick I, I, I when I was younger. It's cool to see it on, like whatever that channel It was like was late '90s,
1: so it was like '98, and then yeah, it was on. See, it was yeah. on TV
0: and stuff, like that, and they had all like the bad parts. Well, it was like when everybody
1: had just regular television. There was, yeah, like, there was no the streaming did not exist in our childhood. Not even DVR to think about, which <laughs> is no. really fucking weird to think about. That streaming was not a thing until we were like twenty.
2: <laughs> uh, this is my first time seeing either of these movies. What I've known about them for years, and I've heard so many good things and bad things, and in between things. So
1: you had no idea what to expect watching them?
2: Oh, what I, I knew, what I knew to expect was that it was about vampires and it starred right. Wesley Snipes. Right. Looking, all looking you need cool to know. as fuck.
1: That's all you need to know.
2: That's all I knew about it. <laughs> and the thing is, I didn't know it was going to have so much, uh, I need a word to describe, there's like a cheese barrier around this entire movie. Oh
1: yeah, it like lives it's in its own world. Awesome. Well, it's it was like one of the first comic book adaptations from Marvel.
2: Same with like, I think it's like the first black yeah, it, superhero is, movie too, Yeah, this is what right? like
1: this is what gave them the money to set off like all of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, the money they made off of these first three films is what set up for them to do like the Avengers Initiative
2: and like well, Iron Man and shit. It,
0: yeah, it displayed the potential for superhero movies, and people loved it. Yeah, and they went with a really edgy start as well. Right, like Blade's pretty gnarly. I'm
1: glad it's a rated R movie. Like hell yeah, they didn't they didn't fucking censor anything about it
2: here's the thing about marvel movies in the past because they had like what they had, they had daredevil fear. and like the punisher God, and daredevil was awful some other shit but here's the thing like marvel was really dark and ominous it back started in the day. Gritty. and then it got comical and funny and more f- kid friendly while dc was the opposite they started comical and friendly and then they went towards darker shit as it went on and then they just flip-flopped
1: well, DC was trying to find their audience. Well, they're still trying to find their audience. But <laughs> <laughs> they, they, you're, you're right. They started off making very whimsical comic things and then went the other direction. And then Marvel was like, we got to start with this gritty shit and realize that they can't get kids to watch it if it's rated R. So they started doing PG-style movies, and that's how you got Iron Man and all the other ones that aren't quite as violent. But they do owe Blade Uh, and the whole trilogy really a big credit for bringing superheroes to the front of movies and film because people really enjoyed watching blade despite it having pretty bad reviews it made a lot of fucking money
2: um correct me if i'm wrong is this the first like on-screen adaptation of a black superhero
1: no no it's not well you know what maybe
2: in a a mainstream audience i have to research
1: it but it's very possible.
2: Because I, rem- I remember looking at Wesley Snipes talking about, like, you know, most people are going to look me over, and they're just going to go straight to Black Panther as, as like, being one of the first.
1: I'm glad you mentioned that, because this movie was originally supposed to be Black Panther. Like, Black yeah. Panther was slotted in to be made as a superhero movie, and it didn't come together. So they're like, you know what we should do? We should make Blade. And they made Which Blade. Which
2: is a fucking <laughs> random thing, dude. Right. It's, like, out there for Marvel.
1: Uh, well, they it was... It was because they were able to secure the rights really easily. That makes sense. So which is part of the production notes is that the original creators, the writer and the artist, they sued Marvel because they basically took the rights from them and then started making movies and didn't credit them, except for that one credit in the first movie where it says based on characters made by, and then it's so quick that you don't even really notice it. But they were trying to get credit for the rest of the films because they created these characters but they were unsuccessful in suing Marvel because who wins those kinds of things?
2: Not the little guy.
1: No. <laughs> so it is kind of fucked up that they didn't get like any money for this.
2: Do we know anything more about the production of blade one?
1: Oh, There's wow, a whole bunch of stuff. So, so it was directed by Stephen Norrington. He was also the one who did the writing and he's most known for death machine and the league of extraordinary gentlemen, which we've mentioned before. Mm-hmm. Um, It was written by David S. Goyer, who's known for writing the Dark Knight trilogy, a.k.a. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, and uh, The Dark Knight Rises. Or what is it? Yeah, The Dark Knight Rises. And then he also wrote Dark City. So if you ever watched that weird sci-fi film, he was the one who wrote that. (laughs) But like I mentioned before, it was uh, produced by Marvel Enterprises like before they kind of consolidated their name and started buying everything up they were taking a chance by making films and wanted to make some money. And it was originally supposed to be Black Panther, but it ended up being Blade. And what was funny is that LL Cool J was supposed to be the lead role yeah. at some point, but they were like, no, we're probably gonna go with other people. And they also considered Denzel Washington and Lawrence Fishburne for the lead characters, which would have changed the movie entirely if it was either one of them.
2: I think Wesley Snipes brings his He's own perfect. charm. He's like yeah, he perfect does for that
1: where... role. I can't imagine anybody else as this character. And, like, he did help kind of create the character on screen when he was being filmed. He started adding in, like, what the character's like. But it's interesting because the comic book character of Blade is actually much nicer. He's very much like your everyday um, kind of working class person who was very nice to most of the people he met. But Blade kind of gave him this attitude where he didn't really like anybody and was this really good badass, which fit for the 90s aesthetic that they created for the movie.
0: Yeah, I've never actually read the um, the Blade comics at all. I just haven't had time to. I pro- I was thinking about it for this episode. Right. I was like I'm totally gonna read these comics. And then, oh, it's
1: worth the time. Yeah, I,
0: I'm sure they're good and whatnot, but I just kind of you'll just run into had time like
1: Spider Man and Morbius and some of the other characters for if you read the comics because they're like basically in the same city. But I mean, for the villain for Deacon Frost, Jet Lee was actually offered the role. But he decided not to do it and went to do a lethal weapon four instead. And so they decided to go with a different person for Deacon Frost and made him a lot younger. His uh, character in the comics is very old because he's like, he's a vampire that got turned like in his middle age.
2: Yeah, in, in the movie, he's super, he's very young. much younger than the rest of the comics. I love
1: whoever they chose for him. I need to find the name of the person um, Steven Dorff as Deacon Frost is fucking awesome. I think he's so eccentric and he's a really mm-hmm. he he seemed like he was theater acting the whole time. Just over the top. And he was just arrogant the whole time through.
0: There's, like, that whole scene where they take the old vampire up to the cliff to have him fried. (laughs) And they just look like the biggest bunch of, like, cyber goth dorks like I've ever seen. They're, like,
1: rubbing sunblock on each other in the car. And it keeps cutting back and forth like it's a sex scene. you're like, what is going on? What is going on? Oh, my God. And they
2: they put on the full, like, biker uniform. Yeah, the helmet and
1: gloves, leather jacket. It's pretty funny. I liked it. It made me laugh. I mean, No, it is. I'm just, I'm, just, yeah. I'm just
0: commenting more on the aesthetic of the 90s. Right? And so oh, they're totally like – it's just totally the, like that.
1: They specifically made it that way. Like mm-hmm. they want it to have that 90s goth aesthetic.
2: So on with the 90s thing. I mean it's in the fashion obviously with all the leather and everything that right. is around it. But also with these clubs and the music that they use, yeah. the uh, industrial as well as breakbeat and drum and bass. A lot of that from the 90s. They blended
1: a lot of stuff together. It's for like –
2: Pretty much like a love letter to the prodigy.
1: Yeah, they wanted the prodigy to create their music. It should have been in there. I was like, well, they were doing a tour, so they couldn't.
2: Yeah, no, I was like, literally, like, is Firestarter or Breathe gonna start anytime now? (laughs) I was like, I'm expecting this. I'm
1: so glad you keep hitting like exactly what was part of like the production. They asked them to do the music for them. They're like, sorry, we're like on tour, and so they instead. Got a collaboration of a bunch of hip hop artists and electronic artists together to release it from fucking Virgin Records and Immortal Records. Oh my god, that's yeah. Super cool. They brought those two companies together to bring the soundtrack yeah. out. So I,
0: I, re- I mean, speaking of like the music for Blade is just really good. It, it oh, suits yeah. every scene really well. Yeah, it creates a really nice like, it creates a really nice atmosphere that's still decently dark, like decently dark, but also just flows in like a very cool way. I would say it seems
1: really appropriate for what they create it it lives in its own universe especially because it's its own piece of like vampire uh like media they have like their own rules it's really condensed to like just that family that uh Deacon Frost is a part of and what they're doing and then you get sort of an extension of that in the second movie when you get to see like the lineage which is like the older vampire which I can't remember his name what was it uh, I,
2: I don't know. He's just like the really fucking old guy who, honestly, looks very similar to the main uh, villain. In Eli D-
1: Damaskinos. Yeah, he's like one of the ancient vampires from the second one. So you got to see all of these things come together, and it's a comic book adaptation that was meant to be stylized, and they they like didn't pull back anything when they were doing the stylized action, all of the lines, the way that Blade himself acts is I mean, very comic book yeah yeah that's what I was, th- I was
2: telling mitch when we saw it like this is shot like a comic book movie
1: it, it is it really is he like fist pumps after shooting one of the vampires with a stake <laughs> he's just like yes and like pulls his <laughs> fist <laughs> and then shoots him again it's quinn it's when he he spikes quinn to the wall in the beginning and then lights him on fire he like smiles when it like pans up to his face and I'm like, this is probably the coolest intro to any character I've seen on screen. Oh,
0: man. the the entire like blood rave in the very yeah. beginning is is such a good start for this movie as well because it gets like the mood right, it gets the just the atmosphere correct, it gets the like the espionage of the vampires that are in this universe, right? It like shows their hold on society, what they're able to convince people to do.
2: Yeah, I mean, like they're running backdoor alley like raves for a bunch of blood, you know. Yeah, but they do that all around the world because it happens in the second movie. But what Mitch was saying, it's it starts at <laughs> a, a, not an atmosphere, but it starts a universe that this whole movie is set in. Vampires are ingrained in society and even Blades discusses it. That's a vampire. That's a fucking vampire. Those two whores on the street are vampires like
1: he's just, you know, he the only line you have where he can tell is he says that he can tell that they're vampires by the way that they move. And that's the only explanation you get for it. (laughs) That and the way they smell, because apparently he can smell them. So that's just something that gets brought up. And they don't really do a whole lot of explaining unless it's like really a throwaway line in the film. But I mean, that was one of the biggest criticisms for the film was that they felt the characters were not fleshed out enough. You didn't get enough backstory for most people. But I think it's just because they wanted to focus in on the action. They wanted you to be like introduced it's, to blade and then he jumped right into the action. yeah there's
0: not a lot of a lot of lore going on in here no. you're just sort of like this is vampire guy right. there is a conflict blade you know what? is a coming
1: there is actually so he is actually uh a human vampire hybrid because his mom was bit when she was pregnant and you get to see that bit in the in the beginning of the film but it there's actually a name for it he's a he's a damn a damn fear damn hair uh, damn hair however Dam-pair? you pronounce it yeah And that's, like, a legit thing from folklore. You can go and find old stories about that. And so they actually made that a real thing. But in the comics, uh, he is just a person who's immune to being turned into a vampire. And then he only gets his powers when he gets bitten by Morbius, who is sort of a vampire. They, like, couldn't get a copyright on vampire and, like, blood-sucking. So technically, he controls plasma in marvel and that's how they got around like the blood <laughs> thing and so in the comics he gets bit by morbius gets all these powers and that's how he becomes that character and then they got adapted for the film so that it would make sense and they weren't just like no nah, he's just immune to get turning into a vampire and he could have all of the extra strength and everything so they didn't have to worry about what are like his physical limits because he doesn't really he's he seems pretty powerful all the way through up until he starts fighting certain characters, so it, it seemed kind of balanced at some point.
2: Well, the thing is, like, he has these powers from vampire or from the vampire side of right, vampiric side of his blood. So, like, he could jump super fast. He does these insane double flips that are like fucking cut super crazy every single he time. Does, it's like CGI. <laughs> and this, and the CGI. <laughs> all the
0: CGI in this movie, and even in the second one, is is questionable. Is pretty yeah. Sometimes it's, like, really good, and sometimes you're like, they clearly cut it right there and then just had him fall on the ground and like land in that stance. It. I fucking loved it. No, like, they're great, because it even, like, adds to, like, the comic book aesthetic, exactly. I think. And so that's, I, I think I would uh, In the second
1: movie, when he's fighting um, Nisa in front of the lights, when they first show up there to, like, give him a message, it looks like a video game. Because they're both fighting in front of those lights, and they're like it's sword fighting. It's all CGI. Yeah, it's all CGI. You can tell because of how jerky the movement is. <laughs> but I mean, it ended up working really well for that scene. Um, but after that, I just got stuck on all of their outfits. Because like every member that, you, that shows up has a different outfit, and it's so '90s. It's like is that '90s. One guy goth. looks
0: like he's he really wants to be in Led Zeppelin. <laughs> <laughs> that could be like four of them. Which in the, one? In the second movie, yeah. Well, one of them wants to be in Led Zeppelin really bad. And Are you talking the, about the guy, the, guy that of, died, the guy that dies first. Yeah, the one with long hair. Yeah, that one. He I looks like he wants to be in Led wasn't Zeppelin.
1: Wasn't that, uh, wasn't that, what was Priest? His name? No, wait. His name oh, is yeah, was Priest. Priest. Yeah, it was Priest. You're right. Let yeah. me double check. Because. Also,
2: we have, uh, like, that guy who's going for the samurai aesthetic kind of. Yeah, like, who's
1: Donnie sword? fucking Yen. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah Sorry. Donnie awesome. Yen. <laughs> Who was also in Star Wars Rogue One. <laughs> he
1: was. Yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, that was freaking crazy. I didn't realize it was him until he was like in, uh, he's in uh, It-Man. Rogue... Oh, and he's, he's in Rogue One. Oh, he a-
0: is a It-Man, mm-hmm. isn't he? Oh, yeah. and then in Rogue One, he plays, what's the name of that character? Something
2: to a C. It's like Chirwick or something like that. Oh,
0: I don't
1: but remember. The... Right. What was? What's his line he says all the time?
2: <laughs> I am I'm one with the force the, the force, force is, one one the one one. Yeah, is what it he is He
1: says so that good. as he like walks out into all yeah. the the fucking laser beam fire and then it gets out
2: Dude's ripped has some moves in this movie.
1: He does. He's wearing like eyeliner too, which is hey, great.
2: <laughs> I want to talk to you about fucking Norman
1: Reedus though. Okay. Oh, also, what a piece of shit. But Hold Norman <laughs> Reedus is an awesome actor. I just don't like his straight character
0: straight up. Before before we talk too much about Blade Two though, shouldn't we talk about it's like who wrote it?
1: <laughs> yeah. So so it was the same writer. So it was it was David S. Goyer, but uh, the director for the first film turned down the opportunity to direct the second one. And so instead, they were like, hey, we should get Guillermo Lotharo. And he was like, fuck yeah, I'll do this. And he came on to the film, and he actually didn't really change too much of the script. He ended up kind of watching the first one, seeing what the aesthetic was, and then tried to copy it for the second mm. one so that he wouldn't make something drastically different because he felt that most sequels at the time were just failing.
0: This is also a good sequel, too. So they did, a, they did, they did write by doing that.
2: They made more in the box office. So the first one made what one point or one it broke even hundred and thirty two point one, and then it broke even at hundred and thirty two point one million.
1: Yeah, the first one didn't make quite as much as the second. Um, I think the second one made a lot more. I think because there was a lot of recognizable people in the film. Mm-hmm. So they they like they had like Ron Perlman. They had fucking, uh, um, God, what is his name? Uh, Chris Christopherson, who was Whistler. And he was, mm. he was like, in the original, too. Yeah, he was in the first one. He was in the second one. And then no one really know, knew who Norman Reedus was how, at that time.
0: How did you guys feel about them bringing him back, like in a cloning chamber sort of thing? It kind of
1: made the first scene where he's dying and, like, he has that moment with Blade, like, mean nothing. So yeah. I was just like, oh, oh, all right, well, he's back now. I remember watching the originals and being excited because I liked his character a lot. But it also kind of lessened his moment at the end there where. He's like trying not to be sad about it. So he's just like, walk away, you stupid son of a bitch. And then like, he just yeah. shoots himself. Well, here's yeah. the thing though. Like
2: for more for me, I'm just thinking like, what do you do with the bullet? Like where'd the bullet go? What do you mean?
1: Cause there's no fucking wound. You don't see a wound on the dude. Well, yeah. Cause he got, he got healed in the chamber. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they didn't fix his leg, which also doesn't fall or attack. attack. But whatever. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like they—that's they, a good point. Actually, they're, they're
2: gonna shoot him in the, hes gonna get so ha- they're gonna fix, the yeah, they're gonna fix he's his gunshot wound, leg. but
1: not his leg. I feel like that was just them being petty. Yeah. They didn't—they didn't, they didn't want to fix his leg just in case he does get broken out. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. There's a lot of shit that. You know. That
0: was like the only thing that made me go like, hmm.
2: Well, he—he he does a phenomenal role. What is he for Blade though?
1: What do you mean? He's well, like, like his who tech is he? Guy.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, explain what he does for him, though.
1: Well, he makes his weapons. He, like, gives him advice. He saved him when he was a kid. So he, yeah. he ends up being, like, his father figure. That's what I was just in about the film. To say, like, yeah. really strongly. But, like, the kind of dad that is, like, rough with you and, like, not going to be super nice most of the time. But he is openly expressing his emotions to him. It's not like he's being mean and not showing him any affection or that he cares about him. Like when he's injecting him with the like serum that he's using, he like holds his hand all the way through it the first time you see it. And then the other times he kind of does it on his own. So they have an interesting relationship and he definitely cares about him too because he goes and saves him and doesn't kill him. He brings him back in hopes that he'll get through like the transformation, which he does because he's just an old badass. So it ends up working out where they have their relationship get displayed in both films. And I think it was a good thing to have that specific actor for that character because he's been he's been in a few other things he's just a little older Hmm. um but i mean so both films were really criticized for their lack of character development that was like the main thing that you would see for criticism whenever anyone was talking about the films and it was because you got like a huge cast in the second one where you got to see like all of the members of the blood pact and you didn't know anything about them
2: it reminds me of Alien Resurrection.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you have all this whole crew. That's funny. Ron Perlman's in that Yeah, too. Ron Perlman is also <laughs> the asshole of the group. He is an asshole. This, also, movies. Ron Perlman never takes off his sunglasses the entire film.
2: Dude, his bald you never see his eyes. head,
1: man. Yo, so <laughs> he his introduction is hilarious because he walks up and is straight up racist to wesley snipes where he like leans in he even covers his mouth a little and he's just like "Mm -hmm." and he's like what what was that and he was like yeah we were wondering can you blush and (laughs) and blade attaches a bomb to his head immediately Mm -hmm. he's just like oh what (laughs) actually he slaps him twice first uh yep that's he shows him like a little trick with his knife
2: yeah he's like he's like look i'm gonna do it again i'm gonna do it like well he's about two years goading him
1: into stabbing him with the stake, where he's like what why are you looking at them you don't need permission He's like stab me i'm right here well, the
2: blood pack, they spent two years of their lives training to hunt down Wesley Snipes. Yeah, And then yeah. now they're finally coming together to face... I mean,
1: they're vampires. A- How much time is that really to them? Not a lot. But still, but like, that's I'm yeah, like two but yeah, years. And then they two- just get their asses handed immediately. Yeah, they like, really immediately. do. I mean, they are all younger vampires, I guess.
2: But they're going up against like a new kind of thing. Um, yeah. I don't really know what oh, to right. call Oh, right. I
1: guess we should mention that in the film... Uh, I'm assuming everybody watched these before you come in yeah. and listen to this, but in the second one, there's obviously the hybrid that's starting to kill vampires and uh, humans, and he fucking hates vampires because his own dad turned him into that. He like mutated the vampire line, and then he had this like predator style mouth where his jaw just split open, and it was the weirdest thing. I didn't know how I felt about that. It was
0: like he was like
1: a like a. Um...
0: A predator face hugger thing. Yeah, it's like a face. weird hybrid
1: mix of that. Yeah,
0: and then it like sucks blood out of necks like a faster rate, and then it turns them with the virus, and it's a whole it's a whole biological disaster.
1: I mean, his character though is awesome. I I like his character. Yeah, Uh Nomak is like, I, I think I really enjoyed the actor who did him because he's just so fanatic. He's just a, a crazy fanatic the whole way through. And I I liked that he didn't care about his appearance. He, like, wore, like, poor man's clothes the whole time through. And his he spent, like, half the movie with blood on his face. Like, I don't think his face is ever clean besides the first scene that you see him. And it ends up being pretty funny later on when uh, he's, like, asking a drug dealer, oh, you know, like, what have you got to sell? And he's telling him all the special, like, fucking crack that he can sell him. And then he's like, what if I want you? And like throws him through a window and pulls a piece of glass out of his face and licks it. You're like, this is so weird. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he, they are, they are strain. I don't remember what they call this species of vampire. If they have a name for it. Um, uh,
1: they called it the Reaper strain. Oh, the Reaper
0: strain. Yeah. Okay. So they're Reaper vampires. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. I guess
1: technically they'd be Reaper. Vamp- yeah. I yeah. Guess,
0: I, yeah. I, I, I guess so. But they, um, I really enjoyed blades fight with this, with, uh, was it Nomac?
1: Yeah, the, the oh, ending man. fight was amazing. Yeah,
0: it's so good because you, especially and the one with uh, with the assassin as well, the one over the lights that you were talking about, like that fight's really good. Oh
1: yeah, when he when he meets uh, Nisa and the other guy, mm-hmm. um, who were really fucking cool. Like yeah. they're pretty yeah. like cool looking vampires. She has like these like dot eyebrows going on with her you can makeup. tell that
2: they're like more on the side of well, we
1: are trained to kill you,
2: but like we'll.
1: We'll be your teammate until then. They're like the rich elite of of the vampire. She's like Damaskino's daughter, and she ends up being part of like that royal family. And there's even classism amongst the vampires, where like Snowman, I think, or Priest are just like all these vampires aren't even like pure blood, which means that they were like not born vampires. They were turned, and they like hated all of them for that. Yeah, there's
0: definitely classism among the vampire groups. They don't like non pure bloods or half bloods or whatever they call them um and it's just sort of uh i I mean i guess maybe that's kind of like a, a depthless like idea to go with but it makes sense i understand it um so i get i get why but i do get why people think that this movie has very little character development in it because it really just cuts to the action and whatnot you're like very little is explained and and on the end, does, does it really need to be explained for this movie to be enjoyable? I don't think so. It can. It's something that you can definitely, like, you don't need for the Blade
1: no, series, I, really. I mean, you could technically watch the second film without watching the first one, and you'd be all right. Because he gives you a short intro at the beginning to kind of remind you of who he is and, like, what he's doing, which is really just hunting vampires. You don't really need to know anything else about him. And in the the first movie, you kind of get to see him confront... The fact that his mom gets reincarnated as a vampire, and then like it's oddly sexual, and I don't know why they decided to do something like that. But and, and then fucking uh, Deacon Frost is like fucking his mom. So, like, no one else noticed that. Oh, I we noticed that because like, Deacon yeah, yeah, Frost is pretty nasty. Man. Every time I mention this movie, no one ever mentions the fact that like he reincarnated his mom as a vampire, and she's like in Deacon Frost's bed,
2: <laughs> which is like some weird fucking like floating. I don't know how this Some It's just a it's, a it's a stuff. weird
1: like power flex on someone else where it's like, oh yeah, no, I brought your mom back to life just to fuck her. And you're like, what the hell? Like why <laughs> is he <laughs> what is he do? this little man so angry. <laughs> he he really was like a small stature person, which is really funny to me. Cause well, he was just so like proud of who he was. He's but, short and he wants to be a god. There's also yeah. I mean yeah. there's
2: those scenes where it's just like, no, nah, we're not gonna let you do this, Deacon. He's like, okay. I'll see it to your grave then. And you're just like, you're going to let him walk out this room? What the fuck?
1: Okay, yeah. I got to say that all the vampires that are, like, on that council, they're all fucking bitches. Like, they don't do anything about this little arrogant shit doing something to their council. And I'm just like, what? Is this what they? Are they just old, like, decrepit vampires? <laughs> yeah, that like- is one
0: thing. He just kind of he just kind of makes mincemeat of their leader. Yeah. like and they, no like, one don't shit. even. And there's, like, no real retaliation to that at Nothing. all. Nothing. Maybe the vampires will know that he, they can't beat him in a fight because he is actually stronger. So they try to politically push him out by not really including him in stuff, which just makes him more mad.
1: I mean, he ends up killing like all. Of them. I, yep.
2: <laughs> so Deacon Frost, his whole thing is he's trying to get this certain. Uh, certain,
1: It's I don't called know, La Magra. A,
2: a bunch of events happen so he can become a god essentially. It's just like a blood god. Yeah. But. I think one of my favorite parts is when his girlfriend is like standing on the side, watching all this shit about to unfold and they have to have 12 delegates of vampire to activate this shit and they're going to die. Yeah. Like
1: pulls out their souls
2: and it looks really fucking bad. I'm just going to say, Oh yeah. It was terrible. CGI. It's like this weird vampire bat. Yeah. Skeleton. Exactly.
1: It like bursts out of their mouth.
2: Um, but they're like, Oh, you know, you're going to be one of the first to go. And she's like, no, you're literally just mincemeat for my fucking, my boyfriend. Like fuck out of here you're going to fucking talk to me like that. And she literally just kills a person immediately with blade sword. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I got to say for anyone who had a lover in this movie, she was pretty down for everything. Like that whole film. Right. She, she did not really like abandon him at any point and was fighting like everybody. And like you said, she killed that one dude. Like as soon as he made an insult, (laughs) she was like, what the fuck? What'd you just say? And came over and fucking cut him. She's
2: Like you're literally going to be sacrificed. Shut the fuck up.
1: Well, she even mentioned she's like, you know, it's about time you guys fucking did something like here you go and like forces them into the ritual that they perform. So she she was kind of crazy. It's funny, though, because the description of her on like the Wikipedia page is that she was a fleet footed vampire. And all I could think of was all of the scenes where you just constantly see her running. She's like chasing someone. She does do that. (laughs) Like, like in the subway, like when they they get away by because Blade like grabs the end of the subway train. She's like running on the platform next to it, like almost catching up, and then she kind of gives up. But she's she's kind of crazy too.
2: We have to talk about the uh, familiars. Those things are fucking crazy too because they come up a little bit.
1: So, so the familiars, if I understood it right, were humans that were doing like the vampires' work in hopes of getting turned into a vampire, right?
2: Yeah, something like that. They're a part of the cult, and they're a part of right. what they're doing, but they're more civilian-like, and they're just doing yeah. stuff in the everyday. So you got the cop in the first movie, and then that you got Scud, right? Is that his name? Scud. Yeah,
1: Scud ends up being – well, you don't know at first, but then at the end you find out. That
0: was the greatest betrayal
1: like I know. in a movie, like I you don't even, he, yeah. you don't
0: ever see that shit You don't shit ever coming. expect it. You never expect it because they put him in danger so many times. Right. And then they put like that, they, all the scenes that he's in are in the scenes that a typical like sidekick would be in. who's like on the outskirts helping the guy in the chair. Yeah, exactly. Just like that. And it, it, it caught me off. I was like, what the fuck?
1: Well, yeah. He, I mean, he could have been killed at several different points. Like you said, like the, those hybrid vampires could have killed him at some point.
2: Oh, yeah, they were, like, swarming his vehicle about to kill him. All that shit. But I think what was funny was, uh, what is that guy? What's the, the old man's name? Whistler. They say? Whistler. Whistler. So Whistler's like, dude, they got into your security. They fucking, they scoped it out and they fucked you over. And he's like, nah, bitch, they didn't scope out my security and break it. I gave that shit to I them. Let them <laughs> I let them in. I let them in.
1: Yeah, that was great. Cause And it's funny, too, because at the end when he gets blown up, Whistler's like, oh, man, I was kind of starting to like him. <laughs> yeah, right. There's, so there's there's a lot of memorable lines from these movies, and they're fucking hilarious. Yeah,
2: he, he's like a pot-smoking just guy in the chair, and he just listens to a lot of hip-hop. But, like, I wanted to talk about how he has, like, his Daryl uh, fucking – is it Daryl Dixon is his name? From yeah. The Walking, Dead. Walking yeah, Dead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So – Watching this seeing a young fucking Norman Reedus, I'm like, dude, I could totally see like he's pretty much Daryl Dixon already, like his mannerisms, how he speaks, how he acts, how he betrays people. He seemed
1: more uh like childish and immature in this movie than he yeah. did later on in other stuff.
2: Well, absolutely. But that
1: was definitely like the character he was going. Well,
2: like I could see that coming out of him like right. from this from this role already. So I was just like, dude, like it was just cool to see him young. It's cool as to fucking, go back and see him though.
1: Yeah. yeah, for sure. It's just like how it's cool to go see a young Donnie Yen, who was just really young as dude. in this film, and then Ron Perlman who was younger. <laughs> he, he's kind of old, but he was younger in this film, and they and they definitely did not make him look good in this film. Uh, no, dude, he has cool. like he's like bald with like a little bit of hair, yeah, <laughs> or something. But I mean, Why he's so angry. <laughs> you got the frowny face. He's he. He just reminded me too much of like a neo-Nazi. I think is really what I it was. I think that was the point. I though. think yeah, that's yeah, what they, I think were, that trying was, they were trying to do. But they didn't
0: but again, the character development, they didn't really explain why he's like racist and
1: No, they really didn't.
0: I mean, he's already got he's already got that going for him and then he's also against like half-bloods cuz he's a pure vampire.
2: So, what were your initial thoughts on both of the films?
1: I mean, we sort of we sort of already like got into it, but for me it was really nostalgic. To go back and watch these, which is kind of weird to say for like a gory horror film, but it was just because I watched them when I was super young. And then Blade was always a badass. Like, anytime I saw him on screen, I was like, this is the coolest shit. But then it, like, th- I feel like this was the time where you wanted to make films that were including a lot of different people because you watch the Blade films and they actually have a diverse cast. Like, there are, there's like Japanese people, there is Chinese people, there are black people and uh there are like, women <laughs> there's women who actually have like <laughs> lead roles and yeah. don't have to like rely on anybody else
2: oh yeah the, the first chick she, uh she, she is makes, so she's cool. a final girl well
1: yeah she is yeah actually
2: and they don't even kiss yeah that's the best part yeah. about the shit there's two female chicks in this movie doesn't kiss either
1: no them. he doesn't get romantically involved with either one of them but maybe he was the like a little bit hey, yeah at the end there a little bit hey
2: it's like yeah I'm going to hold you before you die. Let's watch the sunrise. Yeah.
1: Like, I mean, she requests it. He takes her out. She dies very gracefully, which is surprising because that must hurt a lot. <laughs> yep. But, but you're right. Yeah. There's, there was the two main characters and we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the main doctor in uh the, in the first film who she is a hematologist, which makes sense for the film. Uh, What's her name? What's her name? And Bush, right? Yes. As As Dr. Karen Mm -hmm. Jensen. Karen Jensen, which is the whitest name I've ever heard. But it's hilarious because she's very black. So it was just (laughs) like one of the good characters in the film because her role as a hematologist makes sense for them to kind of meet up. And in in the movie, he was almost going to leave her because she gets bitten by Quinn. And he's going to leave her there in the middle of the hospital floor because somebody will take care of her, but then decides to take her. And even Whistler's like, what the hell are you doing? Like bringing people back like father like son Uh, yeah he saved him so he's gonna save someone else what i
2: think is he had like a flashback of his mother
1: yeah he did i mean they do show something of his mom so that makes sense okay yeah they cut to his mom like reaching out and then it's her and it keeps cutting back and forth so it makes sense they did look pretty similar but not all that much the same
0: he just uh, he's got mommy issues (laughs) mommy issues he never met her technically yeah and, well, he's got the issues, though. Yeah. So, I don't have a mom.
1: Mom died. <laughs> neither parent, Sad. apparently. We yeah, just, neither parent. Yeah. He's they a don't parentless even, child. They don't even bother explaining, like, if his dad. Dad, like if his dad What did dad even do?
0: Well, maybe yeah. dad was killed by vampire.
1: Well, sh- that's a good, actually, that's a good point. Maybe yeah. the vampire killed his dad and bit his mom. Yeah. And then she got rushed to the hospital. That's a good point i yeah. never even thought Maybe. about that yeah, yeah. Could totally now we're a just thing. like speculating about what might have yeah, happened might, with his yeah. parents but you're right he does have things they could have issues. they could have
0: put in there <laughs> to explain stuff but it's okay
1: the rave intro though the fucking intro is we, amazing we've
0: talked about the intro i mean okay but you didn't talk so, about the
2: fucking kills like the dude you know staking him oh, to the roof yeah
1: that was that was pretty great yep uh, I uh, like the th- girl who just goes ape shit and like runs up to him and then he just shotguns her in the face. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <It's just> like... <laughs> yep.
0: goes yeah, and then you've got the the blade the blade boomerang where he like throws it around the room and it like decapitates of course it everyone, decapitates and it's everybody. Super silly. Uh, I like that he feel like Xena did it first. Uh, like... <laughs> <laughs> we gotta look it up. I'm
1: fairly sure you're right. I feel like Xena yeah. did it
0: first, and they were like, "Dude, let's do like a move from Zena." Right? In there. Fuck yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: And then he's, like, holding that weapon in the, like, poster of the third film. So, you know, like, that's yeah. the weapon that he was using. But did you guys know that fucking Stan Lee was supposed to have his cameo in the <gasps> intro? What? Yeah, he was supposed to be one of the cops that showed up and found Quinn. Uh, but they cut it for some reason. What? And put it in the final one. So, technically, this is one of the movies that's Marvel that does not have a Stan Lee cameo. That's not fair. Sad day. (laughs) I will cry for about five minutes. Right. Rest in peace, Stanley. (laughs) But, I mean, what did you guys first think of the film? Because I know you've mentioned some parts of it, but was there anything else? So,
0: in my initial thoughts? Yeah. I had a more enjoyable time watching Blade 2 than Blade 1. However... I liked the soundtrack of Blade 1 more. Right. Because I think that it suited the atmosphere that they were going for and that they could have done the same thing in the second one. As much as I do love me some slamming hip-hop beats sometimes. <laughs> I feel like it was like ill-placed like in the second movie in like areas. And when, I don't think that it made sense. It didn't suit the atmosphere that the first one
1: created.
2: I agree with this entirely.
1: I don't. I'm I'm at odds with both of you. I like I really really like the music in the second one.
2: Well here here's the thing like when seeing the intro we were watching this movie with friends and like the boomerang part and like the whole intro with all the killing I was just like so this is what this kind of movie is like okay so this is what this movie is about this is i mean the tone it starts, going starts with it. a
1: rave so it's like they do I was like they just is... give you that edm music like right up front this
2: is like perfect like i know what i'm going for like cheesy yeah. fucking amazing oh 90s. Totally. it's so 90s it's yeah. telling me like everything's extreme
1: yeah it's like extreme nickelodeon so it's, it's late fucking... 90s like early 2000s yeah. so it makes sense they have the tiny glasses yeah they're gonna tiny sunglasses it's like adorable <laughs> you know it works I <laughs> oh, will okay i'll tell you why i liked the second one though because of all of the people that they had for the music
0: yeah and i, I thought the story was a little more interesting as well as i think the characters were just a little bit more interesting
1: uh it kind of reminds me of a
2: D campaign it really did i'm into it like them. that's going probably into, why you liked it so like much. <laughs> going into the fucking going into the club like all of them searching different rooms like yeah one of the dudes has a fucking warhammer yes yeah. i mean yes his, his, his yes, name that, is Lighthammer.
0: oh my god it's so fucking cool <laughs> i've missed the name entirely yeah yeah well they don't
1: ever say it
0: He's well they the say barbarian it once. in the group they say they, it once they've got all the roles fulfilled i mean technically yeah, yeah. blade is just a rogue fighter I, I called it
2: i do like their uh fucking guns too that are loaded with the
1: sunlight Hell yeah. Oh yeah, they have the the
0: sunlight, the uh, the UV grenades are also fucking sick. Oh,
1: at the end of the the second one? Yeah. That is, I I like that scene because they've basically made these little bombs that only work on vampires. It's not going to do anything else to like if Blade just stood by it. So it works. It works for those scenes. It's like a specific vampire weapon.
2: And like for Blade, he has to take supplements too to be able to withstand this kind of shit. He's like, you know, in the first movie multiple times he they have to inject him with a certain type of thing. Well,
1: he's doing that so that he doesn't drink blood. It's yeah, a serum it, to it, suppress his bloodthirst. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what that. it is. Yeah. yeah, that's what he's doing all the time. Yeah. That's yeah. why
0: he's shooting up and whatnot, because his body needs to feed. Do we ever
2: figure
1: out what it is? It's it's he's, he's It's he's, like garlic Yeah, with other oh.
0: garlic extract that like reduces his need to feed.
1: But it's it's stop it's it's not working as well. And so that's why the doctor, the hematologist starts trying to make something yeah, that'll help
0: him. He, he starts building up a tolerance to it.
1: Yeah. It's when he goes to see his friend in that weird shop and he's like, here's some stolen watches in exchange for this serum, <laughs> which
2: is pretty funny when you meet Whistler the first time, because he's just fucking throwing like gas all over the fucking car. That and it made me so lights mad. up
1: a cigarette immediately. He, he like starts the pump and then brings it over to the car and spills it all along the side of this really nice muscle car and then lights up a cigarette while he's filling up the gas and I'm just like this is the worst fucking thing. <laughs> I, it made me so mad watching it. I was like you're going to like light everything on fire right now, sir. But it was just he's a hilarious character because he's it not was, It was a, a moment fuck.
0: to be like, look, Whistler don't give a fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>
1: he's not going to give a fuck about any of this shit and it, it works out well. But I I have to point out that there's just so many memorable lines from this movie. One of the first ones that you get is Quinn, who is just charred after being burned by Blade, he sees Blade in the hospital and he's like, "Get out of my way, you freak!" And he's the one who's just burnt and charred, and it's one of yeah. the funniest scenes because you're like, "What the fuck?" He's like freaking out and just runs out the fucking window, and then the cops show up and they shoot Blade, and he looks at them, he's like, "Motherfuckers, did you lose your goddamn mind?" And they're like, they're "Like, oh, they don't know what to do after that." But then, like, where's how how is there like eight cops suddenly? In the hospital. Yeah, they're just, boom, they're on the scene. They're there, they fucking start shooting immediately, like, these are, like, the most on-it cops. Well, I will
0: say that the police probably followed the ambulance back with after the strange bloodbath to, you know, hear results on the thing, and were probably hanging around the area.
1: Down, th- the hospital was empty. Oh, shit. It was, like, nighttime, it was three in the Nothing morning. Nothing makes sense, it's Okay. Well, not only that, but then they like jump out the window to the other building, and then they have that guy show up with his fucking rifle, and I'm like, what? They just have SWAT available, like, <laughs> just on
0: call, yeah, on call SWAT.
1: He just shows up with his fucking AR rifle and starts shooting him, and I'm like, this isn't. What? And then later on, you don't ever see like any cops ever again. Like that's just the only scene they're in. Um, besides that one guy who's trying to get like the blood delivery to the one club, which is pretty funny because it's a it's like a Japanese club where they're doing like the baby metal sort of shit where they're, they're doing like the the singing along with the electronic music you guys remember that yeah that was fucking dope yeah i was like this is great this all these old japanese men smoking cigarettes and drinking probably all vampires <laughs> probably all vampires they don't even move they don't give a fuck about what's going on in the club yeah. and then they take
2: the uh, familiar all the way d- deep into the fucking dungeon where we're introduced to that giant
0: one The big fat vampire. Oh God! What was that? What was that that vampire? That was that was Blade One. Is the big fat vampire? Yeah, he's like an archivist. Yeah, basically, and they just kind of fry him with UV over and over again until he tells (laughs) them what they want.
2: I think it's super funny uh, because Doctor, yeah, it's Karen, right? Is her name? Yes, Karen Jensen. So he's like. I still don't
1: know why they named her Karen, but this
2: motherfucker moves. You light him up, all right? (laughs) Like she's like. (laughs) She's just explaining the entire diabolical plan and then like, okay. And then she just fucking Karen just opens the thing and just sets her on fire. He's like, why'd you do that? I really,
1: I really liked their relationship in the film. They, they don't push this, uh, like closeness or love story for them. I'm glad she kind of like forces herself into helping him and he just doesn't care. He's like, Oh, fine. You want to help Then Come along. Can you use this shit? And he really doesn't question her at any point.
2: Even off screen, I mean, she finds a fucking cure for
1: her yeah her bite. It's so downplayed. She finds cure uh, a cure for being bitten by a vampire. Like if you're a human and you uh, like get bitten, you can reverse it with her cure. They don't even like mention it at all in the second movie.
2: They just don't heighten it up in
1: the first. She finds a new weapon for him. She finds a weapon that will, like, explode vampires because of the way it mixes with her blood.
0: Yep, that was one of my favorite which things.
1: She u- which Blade uses at the end to kill Deacon Frost. Yeah. So it's, it's like, that too. ends up being something. And I mean, then, they turn into yeah. giant
2: tomatoes, man.
1: Well, at the end, they suggest that she's going to go with him to assist him more. But they didn't bring her in for the second movie, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah, I guess that's
0: kind of like the continuity between the two of them definitely gets dispersed easily. Well, it
1: could also be a very long time. No, I mean, yeah. it's
2: not too bad because the thing is, she, he's like, you'll go back to your normal life. I'll go back to killing vampires. And then, But
1: she's, I, I didn't think she would go back to her normal life. I thought she, the way they made it end there was yeah. like she was going to help him.
2: Right. But, I mean, it, it picks up in Eastern Europe and then he... It's been years since he's found one. I love
1: that fucking like flunky vampire that he meets with his little like fur boa. And weird glasses and bald head, and he's yeah, like, yeah, that guy. Yeah, he's like, I'll catch you later. <laughs> and then he ends up killing him at the very end yeah. of the film, which is funny because he's going in to see like a live show of like a stripper behind a glass wall and it's blade.
2: Yeah, he was out. <laughs> he was like, hey, the strippers inside there—they're alive, right? Last I checked, yeah. Some
1: Jamaican dude. He's like, yeah, last time I checked, they're still alive. Okay, <laughs> yeah,
2: here's the thing though. I thought the dude was like, um, fucking referencing like ed near the end of it because he's like okay i got some some uh fucking what are those
1: oh the razor blades
2: razor blades just in case like are is your vampire abilities not working right do you need something to help
1: you get blood what's up buddy (laughs) (laughs) that is true actually well no because you wouldn't be able to touch her so it would be for all for him so oh, weirdo okay so so, the, so this gets into whoa, like whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> this gets into like what the fuck are the vampires doing to themselves like they they show they're shown to be like self-mutilating each other in the club which is funny because the club is called house of pain so it's like they end up going into this place and they're like cutting each other open a couple like makes out with razor blades in their mouth like they're they're doing all sorts of weird funny shit. as fuck yeah is is, is is so i can only assume that he's just gonna like cut himself i guess I don't know. Maybe it's a vampire masturbation or something.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, or like some sort of like a, I I describe that. What is that? Uh, Like a masochistic sort of thing. Yeah, that exactly. Vampires are a lot of vampires in these movies seem pretty masochistic in general. Like they live off the thrill of the hunt and
1: pain and things oh, like that. Yeah. They connect all those things, especially with like blood and bloodletting and things like that. So it makes sense.
2: It's like every girl you knew at hot topic in early two thousands.
0: but manifested
1: manifested into a fictional element i mean but good for them good for both movies for creating interesting characters for having two female characters that were really interesting and kind of held their own and had their own autonomy through the whole film like in the second one she she like decides that she's going to help blade because she does not like what her father's done and her brother and kind of pays the price for it by getting bitten and then just dies at the end But before that, she's very capable. She knows how to fight. She almost kills Blade. Like they end up in a draw that first time they fight. So you have to assume that she's as strong as Blade and is able to possibly kill him if that was like their mission. And so she's not shown to be like this weak character that's following him. She ends up being really important for the story. And she was uh, interesting. You were able to get more of a backstory with her because she's part of that royal vampire elite.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I mean, also, I liked again, all their outfits. Well, I, their outfits are
1: great. Like her, her in particular, she had a really cool like mm-hmm. neck piece.
0: Yeah, the one that goes around the back of her scalp.
1: Well, she had the one thing that was like it was almost like a choker, but it was all gold. And then she had that piece on her hair, the one that like going around her scalp. That one was cool. Like hold, it was like a bun holder for your yeah. hair. Yeah,
0: <laughs> really ornate bun holder. Right.
1: Yeah, that was cool. Shit. Now that I think about it, what did you guys think of all of the costuming for like all of the characters? It all looks really sleek It's a lot and of skin exposed. And cool. Honestly. Yeah. There's a lot of dudes who are shirtless in this film. It's stylized
2: <laughs> hella. It's what? It's stylized hella. I mean, oh, That's yeah. for the
1: aesthetic, man. Everything. Yeah. I also like that nobody in the vampire clubs questioned them when they walked in with all their weapons.
0: Yeah. Nobody was like, Oh, they're, just doing a thing. Just fully load it. Like, I holy. hope they start shooting. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, the, like No one questioned them. And it, it was, it pretty was funny. funny,
2: too, when uh, Ron Perlman and the other dude have that exchange. They're like, we should just start blowing these motherfuckers. Like, just sh- going off and shooting everybody. And he's like, yeah, I'm down. And he's pointing right at Blade. And then oh, he's like, yeah. hey, hey, you guys got you beat, man. Blade's just chilling. Everyone's dancing around. Yeah. Him. He's just fucking arms tucked, laser he's point like, it on would be Ron so Perlman. <laughs> 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 fucking heart. Yeah, the fashion in this movie, they did a great job designing all these uh, outfits. They just they fit what they were going for. The early 2000s, late 90 vibe.
1: How did you guys... We kind of talked about it before, but how did you feel about them bringing this little team together? Because I didn't really know anything about them, so I kind of didn't care about them for the whole movie. Uh, the only reason I cared about some of them is because I knew who they were, like, actor-wise. Yeah. Otherwise, like, they were pretty like boring for for what was being on screen ron perlman was only enjoyable because he's such a dick and then you yep. get to see him later and he gets cut in half so it's like
2: it's it reminded me of alien resurrection but not as
0: good Dude, not his as good, scarring generally. from the light looks like someone smeared peanut butter on his head
1: oh that's true it did, like, yeah that he had like, pretty bad some makeup gif on your on your head <laughs> <Here's some gif>.
0: <laughs> 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 this was some <laughs> chunky the budget right out. i went to walmart oh that's terrible <laughs> Yeah, uh,
2: other than knowing who the actors were i mean they're they also they remind me of a D campaign party
1: i have to wonder though how good the movie would have been if it didn't have cool music because i feel like the music set up the tone for a lot of it music
2: makes the cut
1: yeah like i think like imagine them walking up without any music it was just like basic soundtrack it wouldn't yeah have been exactly as cool. i mean
2: there's that whole thing about when Star Wars, like the first cut was made, they're just like, dude, this is God awful. And then they're like, then we heard the
1: music. Then we, then we got John like, Williams. <laughs> <laughs> we are blessed. <laughs> yeah. Fucking, they got lucky by getting John Williams for that shit. Cause so it's, like, it that's, it's the same thing with
2: this movie. The music yeah. is vital to the aesthetic and everything going for it without it. Or with just some boring shit, it's not going to hit the well, same. I notes. mean
1: for both movies, they had fucking like Cypress Hill. They had ice cube lester rimes they had fucking fabulous red man the gorillas i could have swore that boy the, slim like they had all of the people for these
2: i could have swore though in the first soundtrack for the first movie they they didn't have any rap in there did they have rap in that i didn't hear a single rap song
1: uh I was no so, it was mostly electronic that's like what I'm industrial saying. i i was so
2: confused because when i looked up the fucking soundtrack on spotify i'm like 13 of these tracks are hip-hop
1: maybe we just didn't notice it I don't know. It was like, maybe it was I blended was blended in with everything. Else. I was just
2: looking for the <laughs> oh, <know>? was he? <laughs> <laughs> that's all I was looking for.
1: I mean, the, I'm always going to be a super fan of the blood rave music and the oh, yeah, intro great. scene of the, of the <laughs> first <laughs> movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is fucking awesome. And it's just, it's so over stylized and I feel like it, it bled into everything about the movie. It bled. Oh yeah. I didn't, I did yeah. not do that on purpose. <laughs> <Fuck you>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it, was, it was all the theatrical acting. It was over the top. It was stylized. It was enjoyable because of that. And I felt like it led really well into watching the action scenes. Like this is something that I enjoyed a lot. They didn't cut away whenever you were seeing people get hit. I mean, they did like wrestling moves mm-hmm. in this film. Like Blade does like a full wrestling move in front of uh, Reinhardt, uh, fucking Ron Perlman's character. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Where he lifts the dude and then just falls back. And like breaks him on the glass. Yep. Yes. Yeah, I was I like, this that. is like a straight up WWE wrestling Swat. move, <laughs> and just like drops him, and then then just pops up, and it's really comical because he jumps up and he's like ready to fight him, and then he has like Ron Perlman's character has the most fucked up line I think in all of the movies, where he's like, oh, you know, like my daddy said before he murdered my mom, <laughs> it's like if you want something done right, you got to do, do it, it yourself, yourself. <laughs> and then tries to murder him, and you're like, wow, this is so, yeah, that, That's
0: a great line. <laughs>
1: um what did you have did you guys have any criticisms of the film i know it was enjoyable i know it was very stylized but was there anything you were like i don't really like this about the film? some
0: some lines feel a little flat sometimes some of them are like, like most of them are pretty good and like a hilarious level like when they're just right. like so edgy it's it's kind of funny in a way and then some of them are, are pretty awesome you know i feel like you have to really suspend your expectations a little bit and whatnot when watching this movie. Oh, totally, yeah. Sort of, because it's really action-heavy, and it's not really, like, you're not going to get a lot of in-depth storytelling and things like that from it. Um, And uh, the CGI was also just kind of, like, okay sometimes, and then sometimes it just didn't look very good at all. But I think when I was younger, I appreciated it more than I do now.
1: What would you think, Mer? Uh, I thought the
2: death animation for, like, the skeleton, like, when it actually, like, comes down really fast, was pretty impressive, but the skeleton animation when they're doing the ritual was god-awful.
1: It was pretty bad.
2: And same with the blood when uh, uh, Deacon gets cut in half. Oh. And, like, it's like... <laughs> gets a, pulled back together. Yeah,
1: that was really bad. I mean, this was 1998, but... but
2: other than that, yeah. that was for the first movie. Second movie, my only complaint is that... Well, I mean, I, obviously, they're related, but the main villain and the main head vampire look super fucking similar I couldn't tell who was who at some point yep
1: if I didn't hear the accent. these are
0: these are some legit criticisms
1: uh the script was weak as hell in both of them that's just yeah it's just it wasn't meant to be script heavy so I understand like they just wanted to show you cool action cool characters uh Wesley Snipes made both films for me. Because he's so fucking good as Blade. Yeah. He's hilarious in all of the things he does. He, like, would do martial arts for the sake of looking cool. Like, none of the <laughs> moves none of the moves were meant to, like, really hurt anybody at some points. It was just flashy. And yeah. he was, like, all for it every single time. There was that part where him and another vampire are just fucking punching kicking the and, air. Kicking and punching the air, not even really hitting each other. Yeah, that shit was really funny. Oh, but, we also yeah.
2: have to talk about... Okay, sorry. No, last, go ahead. Last kill I just wanted to talk about was when the... The dude who has lived this entire time through the first movie, he was burned to a crisp and then oh, he was Quinn. brought back. He got his arm chopped off. Then it came back over and over. He's like, we're going to fucking go. We're going to fight. And He takes like that string
1: and just fucking decapitates him immediately. I have to point out that he was leaving him alive so that he could track Frost. So at this point, he already knew where he was. So he's, yeah. like, he's like, I'm going to fucking kill him now. And then just immediately decapitated him.
2: Damn, I didn't even think about that. I was like, "Why did he keep him alive? This guy." Has yeah, he was just using him. Times. He was just oh. using
1: him to track Frost.
2: God damn it, Blade! You're fucking yeah. mean. It's funny <laughs> as hell
1: though when Frost is like, "Quinn, put out your arm," and because he's holding Blade's uh, sword, he's like, "What, man? Like, come on? Like, you know, I just like I just got it back. Like, what?" He's like, "Put out your arm," and then he's like, oh, "I'm just messing with you," and then he laughs so loud where he's just like, oh, no, he was just fucking with me. Look, he's fucking this guy. And I was like, well, oh, he's such a weird, like, yep. surfer-type character, which didn't make any sense for a vampire. He, at one point, even is like, I'm going to be, like, a naughty vampire. I'm going to be a naughty vampire. And you're like, what the fuck is this guy <laughs> talking about? It was really funny. He's a good, He was a, like, comic relief character. And it worked out pretty well, I think. Plus, he's like, uh, what else is he in? He's in other shit. Isn't that the isn't that the guy from like Lord of the Rings? Who? The guy who plays Quinn. No. I'm like pretty sure he's in something else. No,
0: he's in something else.
1: But anyway, do you guys have any favorite scenes? I know you mentioned some of them.
0: Favorite scenes from Blade. There's the fight with Nyssa, the fight with the last vampire, both of which from the second one. With the Nomak? entire yeah, with Nomek at the yeah. very end, that's really good. Um, Blades fight when he's in the rave, and everything leading up to it is all really fun and super awesome. Um, but most of those are like probably my favorite scenes are like the big, like the one-on-one fights or like the mass slaughter fights. <laughs> right? Yeah. yeah.
1: What about you, Mare? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Don't joke.
2: Uh, the intro when they go into the safe house in the second movie. Where there's oh, like, okay. hey it's me, it's Storm. Let me in. Cool. Just uses him as a meat shield oh, yeah. fucking
0: oh, shit. Oh, yeah. that's up. a yeah. good one. That's a good one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He even comments, he's like, it's not silver, but it still burns like hell.
2: That was a good action scene. Uh especially when it leads up to the uh motorcycle shit.
1: Yeah. The like just running up and like jumping over a motorcycle.
2: Yeah, that was fun. Uh other than that, I'd say for the first one. I'm blanking right now. Come back to me.
1: Uh, It's kind of a smaller scene, but it was hilarious when uh, the leader of the vampire group in the first one, uh, Gitano, or I forget what his first name is, but he comes in and he finds Frost uh, looking at the archives and he tells him he's like not allowed in there. And Frost comes up to him and like caresses his face. And he delivers one of the funnier lines where he's just like, you bore me. And then just leaves. And I'm like, (laughs) it wasn't, hey, don't touch me. It wasn't like, what the fuck are you doing? It was like, you're not interesting. Like, you bore me. As in, like, he's possibly queer or gay or something. And it's just like, you're boring. Like, why would you come on to me? Like, why would you come on to me in this moment? Like, you're (sighs) not attractive. And it was just funny because it was so, like, not what you expect it for the scene. I thought he was like going to attack him, mm-hmm. but then he's just like, you bore me and, and leaves. <laughs> and like, I yeah. was like, Oh, but like vampire posturing. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that's exactly what it was. Yeah, It was like posturing. them posturing to each other. Yeah. and It was like, what the fuck?
0: <laughs> him just being like, you're fucking beneath me. Yeah. And the other one just being like, you're not supposed to be in there exacting authority. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got frost who gets up and is just like, You're fucking boring. I love it
1: because he's like, why are you yelling? Like, this is a library. (laughs) He's just like, you fucking, he's such a little prick. So you're like, that's that's one of the funnier scenes. And then the other one that I was thinking of was from the second film. When you first get introduced to the blood pack, they all have like their little greeting. And it just, it was just funny. Like to see them do their like little group intro and you don't know anything about them, but you're just like, this looks like a video game. This mm-hmm. looks like an intro where you get to choose a character <laughs> and you like you get to choose one of the five and like their outfits are just like what you would expect in a goth nightclub and it worked out really well. But those were like my favorites besides like the, the many action scenes, but those were just something that was so stylized and it made me, it, it jumped out to me and I remembered those.
2: Uh, looking back, I like the kill of Quinn with the wire. At, oh, the right. First movie. And takes then- his head off. The second one I would have to go with is probably when they're examining the hybrid creature and they're like it drains it uses blood and so like if it's out of blood because it's not the host yeah. it's not the original it will die and they're like, here, let me see. They cut someone's finger and they drop one yeah. bit of blood and all the guts and everything are start, start, moving. And start moving. That was fun.
1: Yeah. I remember that because Nisa is like examining the body. Oh, yeah. That, and she cuts her yeah, finger. That was great. That was yeah. really cool. Well, that. she it tells it... Scud, she's like, open up, open the mouth, Scud. And he's like, what? No, I'm not going to do that shit. And then fucking Blade's like, sissy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that was so good. He's like teasing that was good. him. Like That was a good one. Yeah. He's got a lot of good lines. He has like the final line he delivers in the first one. What does he say? Like
0: some motherfuckers always to try to skate up hill. Yeah, they're always
1: trying to ice skate up hill. Ice skate uphill. Which yeah. is funny because his last name is Frost, so it's like it's like <laughs> an inserted joke that no one really noticed. But besides that, did you guys have any final thoughts about either one of the films? It's a
0: fun nineties comic book movie, but I feel like I feel like it was just like a stepping stone for what Marvel would do later. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like no, as far yeah. as how in depth they were going to take it and whatnot. I think they learned a lot from what the Blade movies did. Hell yeah. And that's where you got your like your early Spider-Mans and whatnot. So you're like, you know, Spider-Man one and two.
2: They were expecting those to bomb too.
0: Yeah, they really were.
1: The first <laughs> two were actually pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what about you, Mer? What do you think? Uh, I Any think they're really
2: thoughts? fun action movies that are heavily stylized yeah and they're stepping stones for what marvel will be like mitch yeah. said oh yeah they owe, without blade they you don't have iron man exactly and especially with the money the yeah. money plays a big factor oh totally
1: i mean made him so much we haven't really money.
2: we didn't really dwell on fucking trinity and not a lot of people like to but well i that mean, helped as i well. mean go
1: watch trinity it's funny like it's an enjoyable movie but don't expect a good movie I got to (laughs) say, don't expect a good movie. It's enjoyable if you go into it knowing it's trash. And it's really fucking funny because all the characters in it are just awful. And having, like, a wrestler as, like, a a vampire is hilarious because he's beefy. And, like, he doesn't, like, it doesn't fit well. And then they have these awkward prosthetics for their teeth, which, like, makes their mouth kind of come out for some reason. Like, it's, like, pushing against the inside of their mouth, so it makes their whole mouth look awkward.
0: Oh yeah i haven't seen trinity in a long time yeah
1: it's funny i liked it because it had ryan reynolds and he just won't shut the fuck up the whole movie and, and blade we want even him to shut the it. fuck up we want him to keep talking yeah no well yeah because he keeps making like witty commentary through the whole thing and like annoys the fuck out of blade which is pretty funny too so it's like it's a good movie you also get to see a weird version of dracula it's like mm. some like middle-aged white dude i didn't understand but <laughs> go watch Blade Trinity. Uh,
2: yeah. I really like them for what they are. Just ch- cheesy right. 90s filled action.
1: Oh, totally. Well, that's pretty much the end of it. So before I let everybody go, I want to let you guys know that we're super easy to find. We're on all the streaming services. So we're on the main ones. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or pretty much anywhere else you find podcasts. John. What's we that? didn't
0: give these movies a rating out of ten.
1: Oh, you know what? That's fair. We need to give them a yeah. rating. Uh let's see. The the first one I would probably give like an eight. Okay. And then the second one, I'd probably give it like a seven or a seven point five.
2: I'll go seven point seven for both of them.
1: So <laughs> You know, I was
0: I was kind of leaning towards that. Like they're both sevens in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. Basically. I mean, maybe I'll give them a seven point five. For but the sake go of
1: watch it. them. Like it's they're worth a rewatch too because they're just yeah. they're fun to. They're not you know. they're not
0: the worst things ever, but they could have been a lot better.
1: Uh yeah, but they did. I think they did the best with what was available at yeah. the time. Like they there was like one of the few comic book adaptations, and it worked out really well.
0: All right. Yep. That's my. That's that's yeah. all. That's all I wanted to do. Yeah. You can you can continue with your typical <laughs> and your outro now.
1: Uh, find us in all the social medias. We are at BDTGH underscore podcast or BDTGH podcast.com. And you can find our website where we are able to link to all of the streaming sites or you can listen to the episodes within the website. You don't have to go anywhere else. And if you could, please leave a review for us at the Apple podcast. It helps us get more reviews, more, um, more listens, and we're able to be seen on the site more easily. And then we do have a shirt sale coming up really soon we're getting the uh, the designs down and we're talking to the artists we just want to make sure we have everything right before we put it on sale and it'll be on a pre-order status so you'll order it and then at the end of the sale we'll ship those out and so that's something to think about also our patreon page is up now so you can go and join uh one of the tiers you are able to get all of the bonus content which would include individual episodes from each of the hosts um, mitch has his with uh, video games Murr's gonna have his with uh, what was it exactly Murr with? Uh, monster movies. Monster movies. So like Godzilla type stuff.
2: Yeah, kaiju films and just like general just cheesy fifties okay. and shit.
1: Uh, also mine, which would be just some afterthoughts that we've forgotten during the podcast, where uh, I might like rant for ten minutes. But besides that, we do also have a bonus content on there. So bloopers that are happening in the beginning of the episode because we don't always start recording right away, and we do talk about random stuff at the beginning. As well as uh, bonus content, which would include some of the outlines that we use for the podcast to keep us on track. But you can view all that stuff to the Patreon page. There's a link on our uh, website, and there's also a post that'll go up, and you'll be able to find the Patreon page really easily. But thanks so much for listening. and hope everyone's a good night. I'm Mitch. I'm Mer. And I'm Jonathan. Thank you.
2: Go watch the new season of Castlevania, motherfuckers. Yeah!